Hello and welcome to the Motivation Method podcast with me, Rob Burkhead. And me, Ben Hughes. We are the co-founders of Trinity Transformation and the Motivation Masterclass found at trinitytransformation.co.uk. In today's episode, you will learn the answer to one of the most common questions, which is how can I stop feeling guilty about eating? So sit back and relax and welcome to today's Motivation Method podcast. All right, so I think we should probably start by answering the question, why do people, why are people actually feeling guilty in the first place? Why are they feeling guilty about eating? Ben, your thoughts, why might people be feeling guilty? I think um, when people end up feeling guilty about the foods they're eating, more than anything comes down to them having the wrong kind of approach. They've set up their approach to losing weight in a way which allows them to lose, which allows them to do things wrong. And that leads to them feeling guilty. And a lot of the times they're, they're kind of banning foods and putting themselves in different difficult situations where there's actually no need in order to see results. So there's kind of two elements to this we're gonna talk about today. Number one is kind of how to set up your approach so that it's, it's gonna be very effective, but it's also gonna mean you're not banning things and you're not feeling guilty about it. And secondly, it's kind of looking at the mindset side of things around um, feeling guilty. And we've, we've got some recommendations from previous podcasts as well, Rob, like um, ones where we've, we focus a little bit more in on mindset. So yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, let's go. So one of the main reasons, in my opinion, people feel guilty about eating is because they've actually feel like they've cheated on their diet or they've cheated on um, their approach that they think they're following. So Diets are often very, very strict, like let's say Weight Watchers or Slimming World or something like that has a very strict system which you have to follow. You have to stick within the certain food groups they recommend or a certain meal plan they recommend and it doesn't give you another option. It's like you will follow this, you will hit these points and if you don't, if you don't follow this meal plan, if you don't follow these certain foods and you eat bad food, then you've failed and that's really hard to follow long term like myself and Ben hear about these all the time and we've never tried to follow one of these because it's I think when you haven't done these diets and you look at it from outside perspective it's kind of lunacy to think people it's kind of mad to think people could stick to something so strict because life is about variety life's about enjoying things and if you're only allowed to stick to like a really narrow selection of food I think that sets most people up to fail don't you think Ben? Yeah, I think it's um, it's kind of a, a paradox when people set out on this weight weight loss slash fitness journey. They're setting out on it because they want to feel happier ultimately about themselves. And a lot of these approaches, when you follow them, you're setting out to try and make yourself feel happier, but you make your life kind of miserable in the process, and you end up feeling unhappy in the process of trying to get yourself to feel happy. And the the absolute worst thing that can happen in terms of this is. When you go through this, you make yourself, you make your life worse with dieting, etc. But because the approaches you follow don't deliver permanent results, you're stuck in this cycle of dieting forever. So you never actually end up getting to the point where you're like, I'm done and I'm happy now. You're always struggling and always unhappy because of the approach that you're following. Yeah, if every day is like a chore, um, of course you're not going to want to stick to that for that long so every day is going to be a drag every day is going to be a struggle and I love eating food 
and I can't think of anything worse than being told I'm, I can never eat these foods and like Ben and I have talked about this before that if you can't keep something up long term if you can't make it part of your lifestyle then the results will only ever be temporary so if you're following something where you have to ban all the things you like and that's the only way you know to lose weight then you're never going to be able to keep the weight off because the approach you're following is something you can never keep up and yeah i as I said, I love to eat food. I love a variety. I love a curry. I love a pizza. I love to go out for dinner. I love to get takeaway every now and again. And if I can't enjoy those things, I'm not going to, it's not going to be something I could keep up. It's mad. And I no. mean, the other, the other thing is also like a lot of people are feeling guilty about eating. Ben and I were just talking about this before because they think there's something wrong with eating. Like they think eating is bad, Ben. Don't you don't you agree? A lot of people think that the, the whole concept of just eating is something they shouldn't be doing if they want to lose weight. Yeah, and I, th- I think it can be easy to fall into that trap as well because fundamentally, the reason people end up in the position where they are overweight and not happy with their body is because of the way they've been eating and the way they've been exercising. But yeah, it can be all too easy to kind of demonize the whole thing. So say, oh, well, I've eaten food. Eating food has got me overweight. Therefore, eating food is bad. When the reality is eating food isn't bad. It's just eating the food in the correct way, which is going to get you where you want to go. And eating food in an incorrect way is going to not is going to get you in um, a situation where you're overweight. Yeah, like what we keep coming back to, and we've got to remind people of is diets are not really set up in a way to educate you how to eat better for life they're designed to educate you how to eat better for this period of time you're on the diet they're like this is the diet this is the way we do things on our diet but they want you to keep coming back and paying them more so they don't teach you any sort of approach that educates you on eating like this will get you the result you want but if you eat like this you won't um and it's because of this. They don't tell you why. They just go, you've got to follow this strict set of rules. You'll lose weight. And then the minute you stop following these strict set of rules, you'll gain weight. Uh, rules are struggling. <laughs> Sound like Jonathan was. So there's nothing wrong with eating if you know what you're doing. I think a lot of people are feeling guilty about eating because they don't really know what's going on. Because of this cryptic approach they might have been taught by a diet, they're like, well, this is a banned food. So if I eat dairy milk or if I eat... Um, a curry or if I eat I don't know Ben give me some more examples of things people might think are bad and they think they might Um, fail from one of the big ones is when people think they can't eat carbs at all they ban an entire food group I've done this myself I think you've tried it at some point as well Rob oh man yeah kind of a very well when me and Rob were trying to get um, figure out this whole kind of fitness thing when we were figuring it out for ourselves we used to be very very into you know, getting really lean six-pack abs and looking the best we possibly could. Um, I tried loads of different approaches and one of them was like really, really low carbs. So like less than 50 grams of carbs a day, which is very, very difficult. And what I found with that was, I saw results with that for like short term, couple of weeks I managed to stick to that before it drove me insane. Um, I did lose weight, I did look really lean, but then as soon as I started, you know, I got fed up with it, started eating the carbs again, all of the weight and all the fat that I'd lost and whatever other weight, um, you lose a lot of water weight and carb weight as well when you cut carbs out. All of that just rebounded straight back on as well. Yeah, um, I had a similar experience. Just wasn't the, uh, it wasn't realistic. Like, like you said, I, I did it for two weeks. And I was like, okay, I'm kind of getting through the, the tiredness and stuff you're supposed to get before you 
switch over to running on fat and then I just started thinking I don't want to live my life like this like I remember we went to watch um I went with you Ben and Adam another one of our friends maybe Matt as well and we went to watch the Fast and Furious this is how cool we are there's a new one coming out soon but um we went to watch car films we all love cars and we went out for dinner before I think to a Turkish restaurant and I was on this low carb diet and I could not eat more than 50 grams of carbs a day like Ben was saying and everything on the menu had carbs in it I remember just despairing I was looking through it like that comes with rice that comes with chips that comes with potatoes that comes with whatever I can't remember what else there was but I literally couldn't find something other than just boring salad that I could eat so I was like oh just gonna, like everyone else got to eat really nice stuff and I had to eat this salad and it just wasn't satisfying it wasn't filling and at that point I was like I'm not continuing this diet it's not worth it like the results were no in retrospect the results were no better than the approach we now recommend to everyone which is just understanding that calories are the key driver of fat loss and the most important thing is just eating the right amount of calories for you and getting the right amount of protein for you and if you do those things it really doesn't matter that much where everything else comes from like it's actually very simple isn't it Ben it's like it's not that complicated yeah it's very simple and a piece of advice I tend to give out a lot is when people will ask me questions which are quite complicated they're like what supplement should I take should I only eat carbs at this time what should I have for breakfast when should I eat my breakfast um, they ask all of these complicated questions which are about the fine details and I stop them and I say first of all before you worry about any of that are you tracking your calories are you eating the right amount of calories and are you eating the right amount of protein because if you're not getting those things right you could put in loads of effort you could cut carbs out you could you know you could um, ban certain foods you could follow a strict meal plan you could track and you all could exercise of loads or whatever well. and you could exercise loads but you could still see no results if you're not getting the two fundamental things with nutrition right which is your calories and your protein intake yeah you cannot escape from those things because all calories are i think a lot of people think calories are some made-up diet term or some um another cryptic system which it can seem like because i know there's point systems and things like that that diets use but a calorie is simply just energy and i think this is what people have got to understand it's it's just a it's a it's a measure of energy um like the energy that your house uses or um there's energy in petrol it's, it's a measure of energy in the food and if you take too much energy into your body this is how you can look at it through food through drink then your body has to do something with the extra energy if you take too much energy in it has to store that extra energy as fat so this is why it's it always comes down to calories in versus calories out because calories are just energy and if you take in too much energy then your body can't use the extra energy it stores it as fat and if you want to burn fat uh yeah burn fat and lose weight from fat you just need to eat a little bit less have a little bit less energy coming in than you're using every day so your body then goes okay I need to get a little bit more energy from somewhere I'll burn my fat and therefore I will burn fat and lose weight just from eating a little bit less calories every single day so it's not that complicated and once you understand that that's the first step I think to stop feeling guilty and to stop feeling getting into this cycle of eating and then feeling guilty rewarding yourself and that kind of thing but there's also a problem people can fall into once they understand this calorie rule which is very empowering some people can take it way too far the other way, can't they, Ben? Yeah, some people can, um, like, as soon as you hear that you need to eat less calories than your body burns in order to lose weight, people can then take that too far and 
that can transition into them thinking that they have to starve themselves, thinking that the, they think that more is better, that if they drop their calories by loads, they're going to see more fat loss than if they drop their calories just a little bit. But that's the reality of that is not actually true. And Rob, you were telling me earlier about your auntie. Um, yeah, it's my um And what she thinks about aunt. calories. Ah. Yeah, my girlfriend's aunt, um, it wasn't actually her. She understands now, I think, because I've, uh, I've bored her with it enough times. But her friend was over and sat on the sofa and we we're having this chat. Um, thrilling chat about diets, but I guess that's what people talk about at January time. And this was January time. And um, she came out with something that blew my mind. It was I'm not surprised because we do hear stuff like this a lot, but it's just sad a sad state of affairs. She said, I heard that 1,200 calories is the perfect amount of calories to eat as a woman um, to be in great shape. And I was just sat there like, oh my God, <laughs> how are people still being taught this stuff? Who is out there teaching people this stuff? Because this is complete nonsense because everyone is different and everyone needs something specific for them when it comes to calories. Like Everyone is different. Everyone burns a different amount of calories in their day-to-day -day life because we have different speeds of metabolism. We weigh different amounts with different heights, um, with different weights. And therefore, when we move around, we burn a different amount of calories. We have a different activity level. Um, there's all sorts of things that can contribute to it. So 1,200 calories, just with this sweeping statement, is crazy. And also, is unless you're very, very short and very, very light, 1,200 calories is going to be such a small amount of food. So Ben, why, why don't you explain to the listeners why that could be, a, why, what problems that can cause if you, if you eat such a low amount of calories? Like, why is that actually a problem? So the, your body is a clever machine it kind of adapts to what you what you do to it what you what like how much food you put into it so in order to kind of survive so if you imagine you are fundamentally as a human we're all kind of like animals we all should be living in the wild uh running around hunting deers or whatever so if you are in that kind of situation there would have been times where food was scarce so when the body thinks that food is scarce there's not many calories coming in you're only having your thousand calories a day or whatever it adjusts in order to survive on that smaller amount of food. So what happens when your calories are low and you exercise a lot is that your body says, okay, we need to try and become more efficient with energy. And by becoming more efficient with energy, your body then tries to burn less calories in your day-to-day -day kind of life. So your calorie need or your metabolism slows down because you're restricting your calorie intake. And that is literally just your body trying to survive. It's not set up. Your body does not care that you want to lose weight and that you want to fit into a smaller dress size. It just cares that you know it wants to keep you alive. It wants you to not die. But the, unfortunately, this sets you up for a massive rebound because your metabolism slows down. And then, as soon as you go back to eating normally, let's say you didn't, you've done your ninety-day diet, the ninety-day cycle, whatever it is, twelve-week challenge where you've eaten twelve hundred calories a day, the uh, perfect amount. Um, that's a, in in, in uh, air quotes there. As soon as you finish that and you go back to eating normal food, you start enjoying meals out with your friends and family and cooking nice stuff again, you're then set up for a huge rebound because your metabolism has slowed down. So when you go back to eating normal, you will gain weight faster than you were gaining weight before you did this diet. Yeah, it's if that makes then, sense. Yeah, it makes sense to me. I think it's clear. Like You will regain weight even quicker than you would have thought possible because your metabolism is slowed down. It's even worse. Like 
then I've heard from people saying in our emails, people saying, oh, I've, I've, um, I've tried this 800 calorie a day diet or 600 calorie, like there's some mad ones. And Angela Cox was talking about them as well. And she was also attributing these to her years of yo-yo dieting because because this metabolism um, slowing effect, she was saying mm. she would gain six stone back in a year and stuff like this. So you do set yourself up to fail. And it's a massive shame because at the time you're like, oh, it works really well because all this weight's flying off me. But A, the results will stop because your body's going, I'm starving. I'm going to completely stop my metabolism because I'm starving. I don't know when the next meal is coming. So your body will slow things right down. And then the minute you start eating normally again, which is like, we don't want to all have to be on a diet forever. Then you'll regain so much fat so fast. And I mean, this can be, this can be made even worse with cardio, can't it? Uh, yeah, definitely. Cause the more cardio you do, um, while you're in this kind of calorie deficit, the slower your metabolism gets. Cause sim- again, your body is just trying to survive. So if it, if it thinks that in order to survive, you're having to do loads of cardio, it's going to try and make you, you as efficient as possible. And efficient is not good for losing weight. For losing weight, you want your metabolism to be as fast as it possibly can be. You want your body to be burning as many calories as it possibly can throughout the day. Um, and then that's going to help you burn as much fat as you possibly can. Uh, I think this also sets people up. This site, this kind of uh, rebound cycle, where people will drop the calories really low. They'll see re- they will see results during that time. They'll lose weight, and then they go back to eating normal afterwards. What that can do is set you up to think that when you eat normal, you gain weight. So like normal eating is a bad thing, and dieting is good because it makes you lose weight. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. I hadn't thought about that. That can shift your then, mindset. Yeah, then every time you're just eating normal stuff, then you feel guilty because you equate that with gaining weight. Yeah, when in reality, your approach has actually just messed your metabolism up really badly. And cardio can also make this worse because it burns you, it burns muscle, longer distance cardio especially. So let's say you do an hour on the treadmill or an hour on the cross trainer, you can actually burn more of your muscle or even an hour of hit cardio, whatever you want to call it. You can burn muscle and the less muscle you have, the slower your metabolism is as well. So you just end up at this dead end where you feel like you're stuck. I think a lot of people feel like they're stuck and there's nothing that they can do that will work because of this approach of starving themselves, eating normal, gaining the weight, starving themselves, eating normal, gaining the weight, and they lose all hope in themselves. They lose all hope in ever being able to lose the weight when in reality it's not them that's the problem it's the approaches that they've been given or the approaches that they've followed which are not actually serving people long term just not it's not um it's not sustainable and it doesn't it doesn't lead to long-term results and it's it's difficult because everyone wants these short-term results don't they everyone wants to lose a stone in 28 days and they all talk about oh this friend or this girl at work lost two stone in 28 days but they never talk about the fact she regained three stone the following month and this is the other problem with diets is these extreme diets are set up to get massive results really short term so that they can then say average weight loss like i heard about this on capital radio the other day weight lock weight watchers are claiming average weight loss of one stone in a month or 90 days or something mad which is fine like we can achieve the same results through sustainable results but what they're not telling you is that after that the person is also regaining all of that weight 
So it's all geared, all this diet stuff is geared towards getting really fast results because it's easy to sell fast results, publishing those transformation pitches, publishing those weight loss figures. And then, and it drives me kind of mad because it's really messing people up. And then they're not ever going to tell you that two months down the line, that person's really messed up and their metabolism's ruined. They've regained all the weight. They feel rubbish about themselves and they don't know where to go anymore. And they feel stuck. So if you're in that position, if you've been in that position, just realize you're not the problem. It's not menopause. It's not, um, it's not you. You're not different. It's simply that the things you've been told to do actually have set you up to get exactly where you are right now. They've actually been set up to get you there and they keep you coming back um, because those approaches work short term and you think that that you must have to just keep keep doing a different diet and you'll get there in the end. Rant over. <laughs> Getting mad at diets again. Do you know what this kind of reminds me of, Rob? It reminds me of, um, I think it's kind of similar to gambling or the lottery. Like these short-term approaches are like, it's like those people, you know, there's, you always have a friend who's always placing bets on sports and stuff. Yep. And they're telling you that they won a thousand pounds on an accumulator last week or whatever it was. Um, and they're looking for, it's kind of a short-term way to get a big sum of money rather than the long-term way, which is just, you know, you go and work at your job and the money comes in a little bit slower or you put it in a savings account or whatever and the money comes in a little bit slower, but it's predictable and it's just sustainable. And the guy who does the accumulator is all buying these, placing these sports bets every week, even though he might win a thousand pounds one month, he doesn't tell you that every other week he's, you know, he's, he's 300 pounds down and overall he's still he's just getting himself into more and more debt but he's looking for that quick fix there's way more excitement in that betting on sports getting that big pay payout than just slowly and steadily increasing the amount of money that you have but that person who's got the savings account and have invested in a house and they're just you know they've got a nice stable income from their job they're going to be in a better position financially like later down the road yeah, but no one's going to shout about that person, are they? You're not going to get a newspaper article or no. your mates are not all going to be going, oh, what's his name? Don't do it like a slowly acquired stuff. They're all, it's always, oh, the, this guy won a thousand pounds or this, this, this girl at work lost two stone. Because I think we're just wired that way as humans, aren't we? I think we're wired to, to look for the, the surprising, the big result that's got really fast, whatever it may be. And we want that as well because we like to think there's a quick fix, there's a magic pill or whatever that will get us there. And I think you almost have to consciously check in with yourself before you start doing something and say, actually, has this worked for me before? Has it worked for other people before? A year, two years, three years, five years down the line, or actually are they worse off? And I, I've said this before, but I'm gonna say it again. I'd be a very rich man if I got a pound, or 10 pounds, maybe. I'd be still be pretty rich if I got a pound though for every person who told me they did a slimming world or Weight Watchers and regained all the weight. I think I could probably quit work. So, yeah, I think there's a couple of things that can cause people to feel guilty so far that we've covered. Basically, one is thinking that you have to starve yourself and then getting stuck in that trap or thinking you have to follow a really strict approach and ban all your favorite foods. Um, but another thing... I think that causes people to feel guilty a lot is because foods have been labeled as, as good or bad, um, especially like there's health foods and then there's junk food, we, we think anyway. So Ben, what, what kind of foods do you think 
like we were talking about this before what kind of foods are labeled as good or bad and actually it's kind of a load of rubbish yeah this can be very uh surprising but the thing to remember with foods and the whole like food industry is that their primary concern is not to make anybody healthier or make anybody lose weight their primary concern is to make as much money as they possibly can so food companies if they can get more sales of a certain food by advertising it as something healthy then they're going to do it even if the ingredients in that food are exactly the same as something which would traditionally be classed as unhealthy it's much easier to sell something if you say like this is good for you this is going to make you healthier it's going to make you thinner it's going to make your life better so there are a number of different good foods well a number of different foods that people think are good they think are healthy they think they're going to help them lose weight but the reality is they're just as bad as other things which are um classed as unhealthy foods so one classic example of this rob was telling me about was orange juice compared to coke yeah i used to i used to always so at university i used to always buy orange juice this was before i really i just started going to the gym i hadn't really figured out anything out about health and fitness i hadn't learned anything done any courses studied anything so i was like well i'm going to be healthy at uni so i'm going to drink like half a liter of orange juice every single morning and i thought that was the best way to start my day because it's got vitamin c i mean it's orange juice it must be it's healthy isn't it like everyone knows that that's what i thought and um now i've actually got a bit more understanding of food the reality is half a liter of orange juice is virtually identical or very similar to half a liter of coke like full fat coke we're not talking about diet coke full fat coke they're not that different because the makeup of both these foods orange juice is basically just sugar it's the sugar extracted from the orange without the fiber without the healthy bits and then coke is basically just sugar again in a drink doesn't matter that one's from orange and one's from from just sugar it's not that different like the amount of calories in it as we talked about before that's the key driver of fat loss roughly the same the amount of sugar in it roughly the same so i could have actually and i knew coke was bad when i was at uni i was like oh, i'm not going to not going to drink that, that coke well unless i'm drunk <laughs> but i knew coke was bad so i was like i'm not going to drink full fat coke i'll drink orange juice every morning because that's obviously super healthy if i drank coke every morning i would judge the hell out of someone who did that i thought that person is complete sicko <laughs> okay that's a bit mean but that person's got a really unhealthy diet so that's a, tr- a really um, common one is we think stuff like orange juice because it's come from an orange is really healthy but really if you've removed all the healthy bits the pith the um, fiber and stuff it's vir- virtually the same as drinking a glass of coke every time so we label orange juice as good and we label coke as bad when in reality what you need to learn to look at food is okay those two both have 200 and something calories in them and it's all from sugar so maybe neither is actually going to be the best choice for me because it's going to lead me to have loads of sugar cravings it's going to lead me to have a big energy rush and a big energy crash and understand more about food understand more what makes a food support you in your journey or makes a food not and realize that as ben said not all healthy foods are what they're made out to be like we've got loads of other examples ben let's go through another couple what other uh, yeah. got? One more point on the orange juice, though. I think the reason that these things get the label of being like good for you, even though they're not, is again, it just comes down to marketing. Like the power of marketing is massive. Like all the decisions that we make and all the opinions we have 
are formed on all of the messages and things that we see every single day. And with orange juice, it's one of those products where they will label it with like natural sugars or no added sugars, which just means nothing. It just it means absolutely nothing. As Rob said, it's still full of sugars. It doesn't matter if they came from an orange. It doesn't matter if they didn't add any additional just sugar to the orange juice. It's still exactly the same. Yeah, actually, that's a really good point. And also the vitamin C thing is very similar. An orange has less vitamin C in than a pepper. An orange has less vitamin C than broccoli as well, I think. But the marketers are really smart and they go, and I'm not sure vitamin C is as powerful as a lot of people think either um, from some of the research I've heard. People think it's like the the ultimate vitamin that will cure everything. Um, but that's another story for another day. But the marketers have realized people thought, oh, vitamin C, that's what I need to get over colds and things like that. So what we're going to do is put out loads of TV ads. Tropicana is really good at this. And they always say, bursting with vitamin C. And they've got like a kid drinking it that looks really healthy and vibrant and the house is all bright. And then like, we're all powerless to resist this. We watch it and we go, oh, look how healthy and vibrant that thing would make me. Orange juice must be healthy. In reality, it's not, but marketing as ben said is so powerful it can lead us it can really mislead us and you've got to be a bit more food savvy and actually learn about this stuff and this is what we do with a lot of our clients is we we have videos coaching every single week with every single one of our clients where they learn the truth about food they learn the truth about all this stuff so they're actually empowered to make a good decision because if you resist actually learning, if you say, I just want to do a simple diet where it's just stick to these points and I win and I lose the weight, the problem is the minute that diet ends, you still don't know what the hell you're doing. So that, yeah, you might lose a stone in two months, three months, same thing we could do. But with a diet in two, three months, you don't know what you're doing. You can regain the weight because you don't actually know what's what's driving this and what's a good choice, what's not such a good choice. And if you're actually empowered with education, you can go, okay, I really know what I'm doing. I'll read the label on this. Okay, this isn't actually a good choice. And ultimately, that can really change your trajectory and your course and not feel guilty because you actually know what's going on. But back to what we we're on, on about, Ben. So good and bad foods, in air quotes. What other foods do people often confuse as being good that not, got a may few not examples necessarily here. be? I could definitely do an entire podcast on good and bad foods. I love this topic. I think it's great. Um, next one, granola. <coughs> so I had a look at typical granola and it's around 30% sugar in that. Yeah. And something like Frosties or Cocoa Pops is about 35% sugar. So a lot of people would look at Frosties and Cocoa Pops and be like, I'm not eating that. That's an unhealthy sugary cereal. The reality is there's exactly the same amount of sugar in a, a box of granola as there is in Frosties and Cocoa Pops. It doesn't matter if some of that sugar's come from raisins or whatever other dried fruit and stuff they've put in there, and that they may be, air quotes, natural sugars. It's absolutely, it's completely irrelevant when it comes to the calories that are in the food and when it comes to how it's gonna affect your your body, your health, your energy levels. Um, so yeah, granola is another wolf in sheep's clothing food. Yep. Um, similar vein to that, cereal bars. Naked bars, a lot of people will say na- would think naked bars would be a healthy food. They are like 40% sugar. Um, a Snickers bar is 45% sugar. So naked bar has pretty much got the same amount of sugar in it as a Snickers bar. Um, they just make it tiny, don't they? The reason they can keep the calories down is a naked bar is minuscule. So you eat two or three. <laughs> yeah, and they probably say it's got natural sugars in on the outside. 
somewhere. Yeah, it's made of dates, isn't it? So which means they like. I mean, think about it. If, you know, when you make um, things like apple strudel, for example, yeah. like the filling of an apple strudel, you boil down apples so that all of the they they go from solid to liquid. You end up with like apple syrup, basically, which is just all the water and stuff evaporates out of it, and you just end up with this just sugar pulp. Yeah, they're basically doing that on a bigger scale, just like pressing all the sugar out of the fruit, putting it into things, and then claiming it's got fruit in it. Putting fruit pictures of fruit on the packet to convince you that there's fruit in there and it's healthy, when really it's not. The, you'd be better off just just buy a piece of fruit. If you've got the choice to the naked bar and a banana, naked bar is probably I don't I don't know how much these things cost these days. A pound, seventy five p or something. Yeah. Um, banana. How much does a banana cost? Twenty p, twenty five. Yeah. If you buy an individual one, it's probably twenty p. Pick up a banana p. off the shelf and buy that instead. Eat the banana, and it'll have more fiber in it and it'll fill you up more. Yeah. Banana's like 12% sugar. It's got vitamins and minerals in it. It's got, I don't know, potassium, whatever else. I'm not an expert on what vitamins. Yeah, I know it has potassium in it. <laughs> it's got, and it's got, all I know is if you eat, I think, it, is it 400 bananas or something? If you eat, it's a ridiculous amount of bananas and you die of potassium poisoning. This is a good it's point a, though. It's you a really literally hear people amount. worry about this. <laughs> yeah. I'm worried I'm eating too many bananas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody what? ever died from eating bananas, ever. We'll get emails like this, people saying, oh, I'm, like, I'm really overweight, is that, I, I, I eat two bananas a day, is, is that why? No, it's probably not the bananas. It's probably the biscuits and everything else, um, the granola, the orange juice. But this, the thing is, like, I'm, I'm joking about it, but people are just not being educated in the right way. Like, no one teaches you to do it at school how to eat so why should people people why should people actually understand how to avoid all of these traps without actually learning they shouldn't like i don't i think people are are really hopelessly prepared not to gain loads of weight and this i'm going on a tangent here but this kind of winds me up because i think i think they are educating kids better now but i think um i think it should be the government's responsibility to a certain degree because i think it's going to cost the country a lot of money having to fix the massive obesity epidemic now and it's only going to get worse. They try, but it's it's their it's advice, old, even the advice from the government advice, isn't, good. isn't it? Yeah, when me and Rob did our personal training qualification, they made us look at the uh, the eat well plate, which tells you kind of what proportions of food you should be eating to to be healthy. And like half of the plate is like cereal, bread, pasta, on there, which is just I wouldn't recommend eating any of those things. Half of the plate was all of this. It was like a little bit of meat on there, a little bit of vegetables, then like a tiny amount of fats. I would I would have just that plate for me would be completely different. It'd be like forty percent healthy fats, forty percent good carbs, but none of the ones they've put on there, and then just protein for the rest of it. But yeah, the advice that people follow it's so out of date. I don't know why. I don't know where it came from in the first place, but I think it just takes the government it's a very long time to catch up. And I also think these big diet companies have a big influence because they want you to still stick to, for example, the Slimming World diet, I believe is like insanely high in carbohydrates, but a lot of them are processed carbohydrates, um, carbs. And Isn't that one unlimited pasta? Really low fat, I think. Yeah, it's like unlimited pasta and basically don't eat any fat, I think. And then these big companies have so much money, I think they can actually influence the government. That's my theory. Yeah, they have um, even um, if you're if you're overweight and you go to your GP, I think they will refer you to. 
I don't know, something where all the Weight Watchers, one of those. Yeah, I think that's how one of them got the so big. Which is, it's, it's an abomination because those diets cause people to regain so much weight afterwards that it's amazing. It's a miracle, but... You would think that like a, a national health service full of doctors and uh, scientists and so on would be able to figure this out and stop the whole country becoming more and more obese every year, but it appears that they are not able to. Well, I think... Like your friend was a, is a doctor, junior doctor, and I was talking to him about this. I don't think doctors are actually the 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 unit on food, and nutrition is really minor, and mm. it doesn't really teach them anything. He was saying that just it doesn't teach them anything up to date, anything useful, and yet it's probably the main reason people go into doctors ill, or one of them is that they're putting stuff into their bodies which is making them ill. Like, did you see? I don't know if you saw. I posted on our our um, Instagram story. Something that was like a eureka moment for me. I saw there's a sign on my walk to and from I saw the gym that one. every yeah, morning. Yeah. I saw that one. It says, well, it's, it's like Hangman. And it says, just for people listening, it says like OB space S space Y or something. I can't think how to spell it. Basically, it says it's spelling out obesity, but it's missed out a couple of things. So it gets you to think about it. And then it says underneath is a cause of cancer. And then it's Cancer Research UK. And it's one of the biggest causes of cancer, yet people aren't being kind of educated on this or doctors aren't being educated that look obesity is the cause of cancer food is the cause of obesity and also mindset problems self-sabotage and that kind of thing and yet they're not being people are not being given the help in these areas but we'll do our best with the podcast and with our programs so we are here to help uh, one thing i always say with everything i don't know a lot of people tend to disagree with me on this i just think everything in the entire world just comes down to money at the end of the day Rob probably agrees, but in terms of health service... You need to explain advice, yourself a little bit more on that, because I do know what you mean. Everything comes down to money, so there's always at, so there's always at the top of the chain for everything someone who's looking to make a profit. So if you look at you the mean the motivation service, for, example, for everything, the reason everything is... Everyone, the reason everything happens. Everything. If mm. there was no money, nothing would happen, basically. No one would do anything if there was no motivating kind of reward factor. Humans, we do things for rewards, that's pretty much it, so... Money or status, they say, isn't it? Yeah. So if there's a, if you're looking at like health service, for example, the most money in that industry is going to be in the drugs that are being prescribed, for example. Um, so whoever's making the um, decision about what what you're gonna, what advice you're gonna give, it's gonna if it's more profitable to prescribe someone a drug to fix a problem than to tell them, oh, just stop eating, uh, like a whole box of granola every day and you'll lose weight and you'll then not get ill, then um, they're going to just prescribe them the drugs as well. If they can keep them buying more food, that's making one person richer. And if they can keep them having to use more drugs, that's making somebody else richer. And unfortunately, the people who have the most money in the world tend to also have the most influence and the most power. Over like things. those drug companies, yeah. Yeah, or just like mem- like people in the government. You always hear about it. In, like it's, it's, I think it's more evident in the in america isn't it that the yeah the the president whoever is running to be a president they'll have a lot of backing from i don't know how exactly how this works i could from be getting farmers, this completely drugs, wrong but they have they have a lot of yeah a lot of backing from big corporations and obviously those corporations have their own interests at heart so if they can influence the policies that are going to come about when this person goes into power then they they will in order to make more profit yes yeah, so the whole point of this is basically 
these com- companies and even the health service is not really out to help you. So you're going to have to help yourself. You're going to have to find someone to educate you on this because they're not interested because they can make way more money just prescribing you some drugs and say, take these and for your thyroid or take these, whatever. All these problems, thyroid, overweight, being overweight, whatever, a lot of them are caused by nutrition anyway. But they're rather than fixing the root cause, which is your nutrition, your lifestyle, not exercising, doing the things you know you should be doing, or helping you with your mindset so you can stop self-sabotaging, maybe get some counselling or some support in that area. Instead, they go, oh, it's much easier and much more profitable to just go take some drugs. So they'll prescribe you the drugs, so they're not going to help you. So this is a big lesson. Really. This is a lesson from life in general. Like, not many people. You've got to. You've got to think. How am I going to help myself? Because a lot of people are not going to help you in your in your path. And there are genuinely helpful people. We've had good coaches over the years, but at the end of the day, a lot of the, especially a lot of the government things, are not really optimized to helping the individual, are they? Yeah, I know this is off topic. The unfortunate truth of the world is, the people who are going to be making all of the, you know creating all this policy and stuff and they're really financially successful people who are very this this is generalizing a little bit but if you look at people who are financially successful they're very very good at they're thinking about making money a lot of the time rather than helping other people so the a lot of people who are very very nice and think about other people and are very very kind they might not be the wealthiest people unfortunately they don't have as much kind of influence as much power the sad which is the sad truth of the world Yep, Weight Watchers is worth 1.4 billion. What can I say? Yeah, then you we probably could, have. We some could make a lot small... more money having everyone coming back every time they put all the weight back on. If we if we didn't teach people properly, we do yeah, talk about this every time. I think we were we're a bit <laughs> a bit naive, and uh, I don't know. We could build a great diet that would mean you regain all your weight again. But I don't know. Some people have integrity, and we're going to try and have some because. I don't know. My opinion, it's it's better to have less money and actually live a life of integrity and realize you're helping people than have all the money and realize you're screwing people up. Like I honestly don't know how people run these other dieting companies. They must be deluded thinking they're helping people and ignoring the facts that everyone's regaining all the weight again. I don't know. Or they're just money hungry and they don't care. Who knows? We're getting way off topic. (laughs) Really deep into this. So it's back like a conspiracy to, theory podcast now. I know. Where the uh, government's out to get you, you know. Don't trust Not, anything you hear yeah. on the news. <laughs> we'll get back to the, the topic, <laughs> which, as a reminder, was how can I stop feeling guilty about eating, um, if everyone probably forgot. Um, and one really simple rule of thumb, thumb for food is, whilst there aren't really good and bad foods, there are going to be foods that support you more um, in terms of, like, Better foods will generally fill you up longer. Um, they'll have better nutritional content. They'll give you more vitamins, more minerals. So you feel better, you have better skin, you're healthier, you live longer. Those foods almost entirely come out of the ground or from an animal. Or another way to look at it is they usually just don't have an ingredients list at all. So you, let's say there's a chicken breast, there's a piece of fish, not breaded, there's a piece of just plain fish there's a piece there's a olive oil um rice potatoes bananas apples kiwis all of those foods have one ingredient they are what they are they've come off a tree they've come out the ground they've come from an animal and those are all going to really help you they're all got all the nutrients you need because 
because this is the natural food of of people and of animals we didn't we would until very recently we couldn't process foods we couldn't make up these new foods we couldn't do all these chemical things that that changed the content of them and the world has been designed in my eyes anyway to produce it already has all the greatest foods out there they're animals eat other animals or animals eat plants and vegetables and fruits and you don't really see many overweight animals in the wild i don't think you ever do do you no you see uh the only overweight animals i see is when somebody's got you know when someone's got a pet dog and it's the dog is like a barrel <laughs> yeah that's because that they've a guy they who used to live where we food. used to live yeah, there was always a guy who used to walk his dog up and down the road near where we used to live, and his dog was like struggling to. Oh, that walk. guy! And I always yeah. feel bad for that dog because he hasn't had any control over what he's been eating. Some guys just fed him too much food. Yeah, thinking it's good, it's nice for him. Yeah, I remember that dog. It could barely move its legs. It was like, like you said, it was like a. It's like dragging along the floor. Like a space hopper. Yeah. <laughs> Poor dog. So yeah, very simply, there's those food sources are going to support you because they're going to fill you up and keep you full for longer but again there's no you can still enjoy treats though those are the foods you want to make most of your diet up out of this is what we coach people on how to do is how to make most of their diet up out of those whole single ingredient foods but you can still enjoy some treats if you track your calories because tracking calories tracking the energy you're taking in and just eating a little bit less every day than you burn guarantees then you're in control because you go can i fit this in yes or no can i fit in these cocoa pops can i fit in these biscuits how many can i have and still get the result i want and as long as you hit that number every day of the calories that you should be eating and that you've had someone experienced help you at least at the beginning figure out the right amount of calories for you because it's different for everyone then you will see results it's that simple and then over time you'll learn what treats you can fit in and see results you'll learn over time what things you can't fit in and see results and this also means it puts you in control and you realize that if you make a bad decision or you think is a bad decision you realize actually i've just eaten something that means it has a few more calories it uses up a bit more of my calories but then my next decision i can have something with a bit less calories in once you start learning this you you don't really then feel guilty you start being empowered and think should I have this? Can I actually have this and get the result I want? And that's really, like, in my opinion, this was this was one of the coolest discoveries when Ben told me about tracking calories because I didn't know if it would work. I started doing it, and then every single week I started achieving the result I wanted, whether it was strength or whether it was getting leaner. Every single time I hit that number every day, I was like, I know I'm winning, and I can put, I can have a pizza in my allowance, or I can have this. And I used to think I couldn't eat any of that stuff, and I had to eat chicken, rice, and broccoli. And I started being like, this is amazing. I can have a, I can enjoy a cookie or today I want a bacon sandwich, but I can still achieve this result. I don't know what you found from it, Ben, but that was, it was a huge revelation to me realizing that that was actually all you had to do. Yeah. In order to get results, that is pretty much all you have to do. But there is one thing with food choices. The thing that food choices really affect are kind of the way you feel. And your health, as you said, like, you know, hair, skin, nails, etc., etc. A good example of this was, I remember when we lived in Sibson. Yeah. You did it for a while. You were just doing, like, if it fits your macros. <laughs> diet. I do remember this. Explain what that is for people, because that's, that's, like, code for a it's lot of people. It's basically, this used to be, I think it used to be a quite trendy thing for a while on, like, Instagram and stuff. 
where people would just show off how much unhealthy food they could eat. And as long as they had it within the macros, they'd still be in really good shape. A lot of like fitness models and stuff would do And what's this. macros as well? Explain that quickly. Uh, yeah, macros is just like, I don't know. I use that word basically to mean calories and calories, proteins, carbs, and fats, like getting it all right. Yeah. Um, but as long as you get everything within that, then you should theoretically see really good results in the mirror. So Rob decided he was going to try to just eat whatever he wanted. I remember there's a pic, there's a picture somewhere of like one of his weekly food shops. It's like popcorn and pizzas and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> I remember getting lots of Weetos. Yeah, I tried, to, I tried it. It didn't turn out. It was, it was fine, but I've actually felt as I think Ben was about to say, like, it just doesn't, it doesn't make you feel good. This was the problem. Like I'd eaten a whole, the type of food diet I just talked about, mostly single ingredient animal sourced or ground or tree sourced foods, like whole foods as you might call it. I was eating that and then I decided to do this because I was like, well, I heard this theoretically works. I'll give it a go because Ben and I have basically tried everything because we want to see what works. This was back in the day before we figured out what we think is the best approach anyway for now. And... I just felt really sluggish and tired and my skin was breaking out in spots. Um, I get like dry skin, get scratchy stuff, um, just feel kind of sick, feel slow, feel just low in energy, just not feel myself and not feel good. Um, and I just started to realize like, actually there is something that you get from whole foods that you can't really get from just hitting your calorie and macro allowances. And that's just basically vitamins and minerals and stuff like that. That's in whole foods that you don't really get. So there's a, there's a balance definitely in my experience, because if you eat something that's got tons of sugar in it, it will probably affect your long-term health. If, if you're eating a diet made up of tons and tons and tons of sugar. Um, so I would just say, keep it simple. Because otherwise it will affect your health, it'll affect your energy levels, it'll affect your skin and make you look and feel older and slower and you don't want that. Well, most people don't. So yeah, the, the key thing is to get most of your food from good choices, but realize that if you eat something, it's not bad, it just might be too many calories for you and you might be eating a bit too much of it. And ultimately, I think it will affect your results as well, just because, well, if, if you're for like long-term, all everything you eat is like unhealthy, you're going to affect your digestive system. You're going to affect your, you know, basically the more you tax your body, if you get half your calories from alcohol every single day um, and the other half from sugar, but you're within your calories. Yes, you might have hit the right amount of calories for the day, but, you know, you're going to be struggling with a terrible hangover on this horrible sugared roller coaster all of the time. Your body's struggling to process out these foods, which is, it doesn't really want you to be eating, which leaves less energy for things like fat loss to occur so fat loss occurs in the liver but if the liver is also filtering out loads of other crap that you've put in there then it's not able to burn fat at the same time so the easier a job you can give your body to burn fat the more fat you're going to burn so the more efficiently your body runs the the more fat it's able to burn yeah so I agree. in an ideal world you would eat perfect you would eat absolutely perfectly in terms of food choices you would hit your calories perfectly you'd eat the right amount of protein every single day all your food would be organic natural grass-fed whatever like the best yeah. quality food you could possibly get but if you can't stick to that forever again then that's not really a permanent solution yeah and what we find works really well is 
we do kind of a little reset for two weeks we call it the diet makeover and we just get people out of bad food choices for a couple of weeks making only whole food choices following a very simple system and then once they've done that then that usually completely like eliminates cravings gives people a lot more energy the skin's better they start realizing this food is making them feel great and um, the cravings are gone and then they can start to find a balance more after that like like angela cox was saying go, trying to find a balance from day one is very difficult um if you're like i i eat loads of junk food right now i eat loads i have drink loads of alcohol just going oh, i want to try and eat a bit more healthy like we get tons of emails from people saying i'm trying to eat healthy and I'm, I'm eating healthier choices. I'm trying to eat less chocolate, less takeaways, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I've barely lost any weight. I've barely seen any progress. So what works much better in our, our experience is a, some sort of reset with your diet, not a detox, none of that bullshit. Just basically cutting out a wide range of foods that are not going to make you feel good and then slowly reintroducing them. Yeah, it's so simple. I think... Uh... A lot of people don't go for the simple approach. It's just like eat eat good food, don't eat too much. Because if you have the simple approach, there's no there's no room for excuses. I remember making a um, this is in one of our other podcasts somewhere. But if your approach is very very complicated, then there's always something to blame. There's always like oh if I if I just had these supplements, then I'd be able to lose weight. If I was just on a low carb diet, then I'd be able to lose weight. If I could just stop eating too many bananas, then I would just stop. <laughs> yeah. Just be able to lose weight. But when when your approach is so simple, it's just like, well, you've you've just eaten too much and you've eaten unhealthy. Then it the it just all all the responsibility falls falls on you, which is quite a painful reality. It's just like, oh, I'm in this situation now and I'm not losing weight just because I'm eating crap food, and I'm eating too much. It's painful, really but it's also empowering, that. isn't it? It is, yeah. So you've got to be kind of strong enough to be to be honest with yourself and to face that reality, and then then you can really start making some serious progress and get some permanent long-term results and what as what rob was saying before the kind of diet reset thing if you want more info about that if you want to try it for free just head to our website trinitytransformation.co.uk we do have a free um um seven day experience at the minute so if you want to kind of try what we do see what see how that works then uh that is available for you now yeah, um, i forgot about that they can actually try the whole reset process at least the beginning of it you can decide yeah. if it's for them like a Netflix trial you put your details in we, you get to work with us for a week you decide if you think we're if you think we're good you continue working with us if you think what we do is is crap then you uh, you go we go our separate ways <laughs> that's about it yeah no obligations no uh, I think that's the right word isn't it yeah alright so back to this topic of how can you stop feeling or how can I stop feeling guilty about eating I think another a big part of this, as we said at the beginning, there's a lot of mindset issues that relate to this. And one of them, one of the kind of cycles, a lot of mindset things are kind of cycles, is um, rewarding hard work with junk food. So a lot of people will go to the gym once or they'll do go on a jog or whatever, and then they'll think, okay, I've done that. I've done really well. I deserve a pat on the back, which... You definitely should give yourself but the pat on their back they're giving themselves is food related and the problem is if that if you're feeling guilty about that you probably should because it's not that's not really how it works it sh you should reward your body with something that's actually healthy that will actually get you the result you want with some protein and things like that will help you recover 
because the problem is you can't really well in my experience you never can out exercise bad eating like if you eat too much if you eat lots of junk food which will be high in calories there's no real way to out exercise it and like a good example of this i looked up some things before like a medium dairy milk bar which i know from my experience because my girlfriend loves loves uh, the medium dairy milk bar 450 500 calories roughly and maybe a pumpkin spice latte or some nice drink from starbucks a larger one about the same number probably 450 calories it takes about an hour of jogging to burn that off so you've got to go on an hour run just to burn that off just to get back to square one you're not even going to lose any fat at that point that's just to get you back to square one and if you have a few treats like that throughout the day you're going to really struggle to burn that off so if you're trying to reward hard work let's say you've done really well in with exercise with eating it's very unlikely to actually work out you might get stronger, you might get fitter, but you're probably not going to get leaner. Yeah, so that is uh, a difficult one. And if you see food generally as like um, a reward or like something fun, something that like a leisure activity, that's always that's always going to cause you a problem compared to somebody who just sees food as fuel, basically. So a good example of this is the guy I'm staying with at the moment, my friend Sammy, he is really into his uh, powerlifting. So he's all about, you know, his performance in the gym, how much weight you can lift, all of that kind of stuff. So that's his kind of, his goal is to be as strong as possible. And food wise, he really, he doesn't really have any concern for, you know, whether, whether this food is going to be the most delicious meal in the world. The most important thing to him is how many calories are in it, how much protein's in it and how quick it is to make so all he's really thinking about is priority when he goes to cook a meal is like i need to fuel my body in order to perform in my workouts to achieve my goal that's basically it so if your mindset around food is like food needs to be something i enjoy it's something i do for fun but you also want to get results in the mirror that might not necessarily work it's i mean you can enjoy your food your food can be nice but i think you also need to always have in your mind, I'm sure Rob cooks loads of delicious meals, but he's always got his mind as well that this food needs to have the right kind of mate, the right kind of fuel in it. Yeah, yes. I did an Instagram live this week that had I accidentally walked into making a really funny one. I mean, self confessed, but um, everyone was laughing. I didn't really realize it was that funny what I was saying, but I was saying the same thing. I was saying if you primarily see food as being something that you should enjoy, if you focus on mouth pleasure, this is what I was getting laughed at for. I hadn't really thought of the, the other <laughs> meanings of that, but if you focus on mouth pleasure with your eating, then um, if that's your only focus, then you're going to get stuck in this trap of thinking that food must be utterly delicious, really salty, really sweet. Um, it must be all these things. Um, when reality is food is, actually just a fuel for your body to give all your cells the the things it needs to function well and so you can you can be a good function well functioning human being you can go and uh, live and enjoy your life so if you just focus on mouth pleasure it's, it's a minute on the lips what do they say in lifetime on the hips you're going to yeah. get stuck into that trap so this is almost just a habit it's a habit of being like actually a cooking healthy food isn't that bad and doesn't taste that bad 
but also b if you get used to the taste of these sweet foods these sugary foods these high fat foods these high salty foods um from process like processed ones if you get if that becomes your normal taste then you just will end up focused on things should taste like that and i think it's an easy trap to fall into so again that reset can really help with that um but also as ben was hinting at you could you can also look elsewhere for enjoyment so like what would you say ben is some some other things people can do other than just saying the only thing that makes me feel good in my life is food um for me this is probably not true for everybody for me like sports and exercise is my thing i do for fun so i'm currently in canada i'll go out snowboarding later that will be my fun thing for the day um problem with that though is I do get home and then I'm, when I'm tired as well in a bad when I've exercised for four five hours for the whole day and hardly eaten because I'm on the out on the mountain I don't want to buy a burger because it's too expensive I come home and then I will want to grab anything in sight um, which is kind of the other way around that's like exercise first and then reward yourself uh, is that what no, that's what we were saying then reward yourself with food afterwards but yeah I probably will do that I will fall into that trap um I can't remember the point I was saying there. Exercises, <laughs> but exercise is the uh, the fun it's part. The thing for me you now. do. That's one thing. Other things would be, um, you know, just first something very simple. Take a hot bath. That's a nice way to reward yourself. Um, I mean, I what, what, what kind of things could you suggest for our? Like, what we would you suggest to our clients, for example? Because people listening are probably not going to be nutty guys like us who like to do loads of hard exercise all the time some people will but not everyone so what other what other things like we have a lot of suggestions for clients right one thing is like um do think about what you like to do when you're younger and mm. do that because um, at the latest of our unstoppable events we ran uh, i think it was Teresa, one of our clients she just she just started doing um playing rugby yeah, so whereas before she'd just been focusing on well her exercise was just kind of to lose weight it was just like a thing she had to do in order to lose weight she then added in she'd go and do rugby and socialise with these people at this rugby club and that was something she really enjoyed so whatever it is you enjoy if you like to socialise with your friends go and do that if you like to watch films if you like to watch TV do that if you like things like a bubble bath with candles do that you've just got to figure out what you enjoy in life and give yourself some time to yourself to actually do those things because the problem is when you don't give yourself any time to enjoy those things, if you're the kind of person who's always thinking about other people, always putting everybody else first, then it's almost like the only thing you have left to reward yourself with is food because you haven't set that time aside to go and just enjoy yourself. Like when I was, I, I sometimes used to just go to the cinema, watch a film I wanted to see on my own. And that was just one way for me to enjoy myself, even go and have a haircut, just something for me to do yeah that could be a good one because i think we work we work with lots of busy mums i'm sure lots of people listening are busy mums they're thinking i don't have time to go and snowboard for four hours a day or even go to the cinema on my own but just something that makes you feel the whole point is it's something to make you feel better because a lot of people are eating to make themselves feel better because they're constantly doing stuff for everyone else and they've got no time for themselves right yeah and I had a chat with someone on our intensive call this week actually about this the whole oxygen mask scenario thing again being like if you're constantly helping everyone else you have nothing left for yourself in terms of time and energy and then you just sacrifice yourself and the only thing you've got energy left to do is 
is have a glass of wine or bottle of wine or whole chocolate bar and you could instead like what I, I was doing last week because I was pretty tired and stressed out and sore from exercise last week was I was just taking a bit of time to have a hot bath 20 minutes um, a couple of days last week with some candles on and it was just put some nice music on like YouTube meditation music and made me feel so much better that I'd just taken that time for myself and took some time out from everything um, so you could do that you could get like Ben said a haircut always makes everyone I think feel better definitely for me it does um, get a nice haircut again it's quite expensive um, you could get your nails done it doesn't have to be something that takes too long or too expensive but you've got to start doing some things for yourself because if you if you never put yourself first you're never going to get the results you want like if everyone else always comes first you are going to get sacrificed and then you're not even going to be able to be there because you might be ill you might be too tired you might be too grumpy to even be the person you want to be around them for your kids let's say let's say you want to be a good role model for your kids if all you can do is stuff your face with food because you've exhausted yourself and not taking any me time then perhaps that's not working and perhaps you need to look at ways you can actually fulfill yourself so you don't end up doing that because i think a lot i feel like a lot of this rewarding stuff is because people are ending up in positions where their life sucks and they feel powerless to change it and they feel stuck and kind of depressed i guess um and i actually found something interesting i was going to talk about this later but in the last week as well so as well as having this bubble bath i kind of was in a rut this first the beginning of this week it's been a, a, a tough week and i started thinking um i started getting into this funk like i was every day i was really tired um one day i fell asleep meditating for two hours like i wasn't getting much done at the beginning of the week and i was, I was feeling worse and worse and i listened to this podcast with this crazy guy called david goggins um some guy who t really turned his life around um, from being someone who was a pest controller and thought, is this all my life is going to be? Is this all my life is, is? I think a lot of people think that. To being someone who is a complete inspiration. He's broke the pull-up. He's overweight as well. He's now broke the world pull-up, world record. He's run 100 miles with no training. He's done all this crazy stuff that everyone would think he has to be superhuman to do. And his lesson on this podcast was just to actually feel good about yourself you just need to start doing some some stuff some hard stuff and start achieving some stuff and it sounds so counterintuitive because you're like i'm tired i'm feeling down i should be nice to myself i should be kinder to myself i should take some more time out i should have a rest i should eat some some food that makes me feel good in reality actually sometimes the absolute opposite is, is, is the better solution you just start doing some stuff and this is what i did i was just like all right i'm gonna sort this room out i'll throw throw all this stuff in the recycling and then I was like, ah, I feel a bit better actually. And then I'm going to, um, I'm going to actually just just do the first task on my list for work. I, I got that done. It actually took less time than I thought. I just I just like turned my phone off, did it. It's like, ah, it's going pretty well actually. And then just started going through the things I needed to do. Started actually doing stuff. Started pushing myself and achieving some stuff. And then I was like, this is going to be a good week. And then it just got better and better. Yeah, there's a cascade effect of this. There's a, there's a cascade effect of doing nothing, which is you end up doing less and you're doing less and you're doing less. And then there's a cascade effect of actually starting doing stuff and achieving stuff and going along, doing what you know you should be doing. And it's crazy how just taking the first action can then lead down there. So a lot, a lot of this stuff is like when you realize you're, you're stuck in this loop and you're going in the wrong direction, just hitting pause and saying, 
I'm going in the wrong direction. What am I going to do now to start going in the right direction? I don't know if you ever find this, Ben, but I definitely found that last week. I found this with two things this week. Number one has been uh, snowboarding. So uh, I'm staying with my friend Sammy. Well, I've been in Canada like a month now. But um, one of my friends, Jack, has come for a week. So while he's here on this week, obviously he wants to make the most of the week. So we've been going out every single day. I know. Poor me having to go out snowboarding (laughs) every single day. Um, But it's been like, it's four or five hours of exercise every single day. And because, I don't know, we're all pretty... I don't know, extreme kind of guys. I think Rob is kind of the same. So obviously when we look at the map of what runs we're going to do, we chose to do all of the double black diamond impossible steep runs. And they're very, very exhausting physically. So we've been doing those really hard runs all week. And after about three or four days, I was just feeling, I was feeling as Rob said, like, oh, I need, I should take a rest now. I should take it easy. I should chill out. Really don't feel like going out today. But as soon as I, like I put my snowboard on or what I put all my gear on, didn't feel like going still, didn't like, I was absolutely knackered trying to walk to the lift and stuff, struggling. But as soon as I did, did a bit, you know, did, did one run, feeling a bit crap, did another run, feel a bit better, did another run, feel a bit better. And as you get into it, once you've got over that initial barrier where you look at it and you think like, oh, that's hard, I'm, I need to rest, I can't do that. Once you get into it and you start achieving something, you start doing something, then you actually, um, you'll be surprised that you actually start enjoying it. And I think a lot of people look to look for like a specific, to feel a specific way before they will, before they will decide that they will get started with something. So they want to feel like, let's say for example, I write, I write marketing emails every single, all every day for the, for um, Trinity. Um, yeah. And a lot of times I don't feel like writing them at all, but I've, I've learned now I've, I've learned this through experience um, if I just sit down, as soon as I get something down, I get like three sentences in, becomes easy, becomes becomes not a problem at all. And it used to be there was a big barrier to me starting writing it. Now it's not a problem. I just sit down, I just do it. Because I know that even if I don't feel like doing it, I am going to start feeling like doing it when I get into it. And when you learn that same kind of thing with workouts, it becomes way easier. When you know that even even that you're not really supposed to feel like doing a workout before doing a workout necessarily. But you know that 10 minutes in, five minutes in, 10 minutes in, you are going to be feeling it. Then it becomes easier to do it. You're not always going to feel like doing the thing which is going to actually make you feel better. And the starting things is always the hardest part. It's always the hardest part. And it always gets better. As you said, because you feel like you should have this, you should feel motivated and you should feel ready. And your mind should feel like it's in the right place. I hear loads of people talking about this. That we work oh, with. Oh, that the, one. That we're going oh. to. <laughs> it's people who. We've got a lot of people I can't who we talk continue because my mind's in the wrong place. And your mind. They, they ex- like you were saying, they expect to. They, they expect they have to feel some way before they can do anything. And this is just a bad habit, honestly. Because we all have it. Like I was saying, I had it this week. And the more you train yourself to just start anyway, the more you realize you can do so much more than you thought you could. And that it doesn't matter how you feel. You're going to feel shit most of the time, but the people who succeed are the people who start anyway and then just go, I feel shit, but I'm doing it anyway. I'm still not feeling that great, but I'm still going to go. And then you go, ah, oh, this is actually quite fulfilling. And that I think that's the key to fulfillment in life. This is my revelation at 28 and everyone's probably going to be like, you idiot. <laughs> you don't know shit. But I'm starting to realize, I think that expecting stuff to feel good, expecting to feel right before you do stuff or hoping that kind of like valuing happiness all these things are kind of 
changeable. They're never. You can't always feel like something. You're not always going to feel motivated. Um, but you can always just start taking action. Like almost never is it impossible to take action. And once you do, you start feeling better and you start feeling more fulfilled. And what were you going to say, Ben, before I rudely plowed on over you? Um, I can't remember what I was talking about. Basically, just <laughs> stop feeling sorry for yourself and stop stop moaning and just start and you'll be amazed what you can achieve. Oh, and yet also there will be like, okay, if you feel crap and you, you, you're worried that you're, you know, if you start it, you're not going to end up feeling good at the end of it. There will be times when you do start something, you get halfway through and you're just like, this is just not happening today. There have definitely been times I've done a workout and I've just started it and then I was planning to do an hour and I get halfway and I'm just like, this is not the day to be doing this. And I've yeah. just given up halfway through. And there's no, there's no shame in doing that. You're always better than the person who didn't start if you tried. Um, I've forgotten what this phrase is. There's a couple of like Navy SEAL phrases. I like I like uh, all that special forces kind of stuff. I think it's cool. Well, this guy was also this, Navy um, SEAL. He was, yeah. That, I like that. I like the mindset it's that the they 40% all had. Forty percent one. He came up with that one. And there's um, the only easy day was yesterday's one. Yeah. So it's kind of like um, oh, and another another guy has a rule. Jocko Jocko Willink, another special forces kind of guy, but he basically says his rule is. Um, if you feel like you need to take a day off on on a particular day, um, and it's and it's only the it's only like this day that you felt like taking a day off, do the workout anyway on this day. Um, yep. I can't remember how this rule works now. And then if you wake <laughs> up tomorrow and then you then you still feel like take the like you need a day off the day after, then take a day off. Because mm. you kind one. of give, you give yourself the chance to try it like you you should be taking days off you should be resting but yeah always keep in mind that your body's not always going to feel like and your mind's not always going to feel like doing something before you go ahead and do it yeah i mean i i actually just changed my desktop background after this week not desktop my phone background um because of because of this I, and all it says is shit is hard i know that's that could also mean something else <laughs> which i also think is quite amusing but uh it's shit is hard full stop do it anyway full stop i don't know who the quote is from um it's kind of blurry but it gets the point across i'm like getting the thing you want is probably not going to be easy but it doesn't mean you can't do it and it's just about starting and then the more you do it the better you'll become at these habits like someone who's crazily in shape these army people whoever you you look at as an icon not everyone has always been like that like this guy that i'm just talking about david goggins example he was 300 pounds overweight unfit um he hated his life basically and then one day he decided i'm just going to start and then he just kept going and then over time he's now built the habits and he's one of the most driven people ever he's done the pull-up world record of like four thousand pull-ups in a day and just because at the moment you're not doing that well or you've eaten too much for too long and not taking care of your body doesn't mean that's you that's just the result of your habits and if you just shift your habits and your mindsets and get a bit more knowledge then you can completely turn that round over time yeah and when you get to the point where you realize well when you start seeing results with this stuff as well oh yeah and you start easy. realizing that like you know 
doing this, doing the things you you don't feel like doing actually gets you to where you want to go, then it becomes really really easy. It as Rob said, it becomes like it just becomes a habit to do it, and you just kind of you just do it anyway. It just becomes how you are. You wake up, you you do a workout, you track your calories. It's just that's just you, and then obviously your your body and your life is a reflection of the things that you decide you're, that you're going to do as your habits yeah and as long as you're building these habits and things that are going to lead you to the right place long term not just in a month and then you're going to put it back on so you're going to follow something you can make your lifestyle then you will absolutely you will get there so stop following things that don't work stop doing the thing that didn't work for you before because it won't work for you again and try and find something that will lead you down the right path that you can make your lifestyle that you can make habit your habits because you can absolutely if you're listening to this get the result you want and there's not too late we've had clients in their 50s and 60s in menopause post-menopause see amazing results people with pcos people with thyroid hypothyroidism people with everything it's mainly the approach that you just need to get right and then learn how to stick to it and yeah if you want help with that that is what we do best so that brings us to the end of today's motivation method podcast but before you go we have some important announcements Piece one is if you're not currently subscribed on iTunes to the Motivation Method podcast, get yourself subscribed today. Number two, if you're not currently getting access to the daily motivation emails and action guides found at trinitytransformation.co.uk, head on over to trinitytransformation.co.uk and get that done today and we'll start sending those your way. The final piece of this is our Motivation Masterclass Challenges. If you're ready to finally unleash your inner motivation and willpower with a customized action plan and your own personal coach and the support of our Trinity tribe, head on over to trinitytransformation.co.uk today and sign up for our Motivation Masterclass and we'll get you started right away. And last but not least, if you're listening to this show and you're getting value from it, number one, do the things that we talk about here. And number two, you don't pay us to do this. So instead, all we ask of you is to simply share this show with one person who you think it could help today. So this is Rob Burkhead. And this is Ben Hughes. And this has been the Motivation Method Podcast. See you on the next one. Mm -hmm.